covered press, the totally free task and story management tool for journalists, is fast running out of its free spots. It's giving away 500 accounts to journalists who sign up at CoveredPress.com, where you can manage all your ideas, chat with editors, track payments, and more, with a lot more to come. Check it out and sign up for free at CoveredPress.com. And now, enjoy our latest episode. We're not just giving you the headlines of the day 24-7. We are digging down, doing hopefully real journalism that is engaging. In most people's minds, 24-hour news means cable news, which many see as hour after hour of politically slanted coverage. In October, the EW Scripps Company decided to change all that by relaunching Newsy as a 24-hour broadcast channel covering the news without political bias. I'm Michael O'Connell. Welcome to It's All Journalism. In October, the EW Scripps Company relaunched Newsy as the country's only free broadcast news network, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Today, Eric Ludgood, head of Newsy, is here to talk about the bold move that Scripps has made and what people can expect from Newsy. Eric, welcome to It's All Journalism. Thank you. Glad to be here, Mike. Okay, so so first of all, congratulations about the the relaunch of uh, Newsy as a as a broadcast, you know, twenty four hour uh, newsroom. What went into Scripps's decision to, you know, what led up to it, you know, and what is Newsy offering people? Well, the corporation saw an opportunity to give the country a free twenty four seven news channel, something that was not available at the time because. To get access to the other channels, obviously, you would have to be on a cable service. Not only were we looking to give an opportunity for a free 24-7 channel, we were doing it online as well as over the air. So we are available in 95% of all the U.S. households right now. And what we are offering them is fact-based reporting, fact-based political reporting, fact-based climate change reporting, fact-based reporting in general. Because of the way we're set up, we have 14 bureaus around the country. We're telling all of our stories from the perspective of those people who are living in those areas around the country. We are trying to avoid it as best we can any sort of regional geographic bias. We're trying to tell stories the traditional journalistic way with great pictures, great reporting that is engaging for our viewers. So when you say that it's it's free, obviously it's understandable you find it online, but this is broadcast. Where are people going to find this? They're going to find it on their digital sub-channels. We have an extensive campaign going now where we are getting people to rescan their antennas or buy antennas. These are you know, the digital sub-channels across the country in every market with the exception of two or three. That's why we're only at 95%. So it's available over the air, as well as being available on our website and on our app. Okay. So people can stream it as well. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Excellent. And kind of exciting because it's a different technical approach to it. And it allows you to compete with the other 24-hour news websites. And, and, you know, people can get it without having to pay for cable. So, I mean, obviously what you just described 
is bold in the sense that you're going into it with the idea that we want to present something that's different, that's not politically tinted one way or the other. What's sort of driving that decision? The American people are driving that decision. All the research that we've seen about viewership, especially a viewership of people who are consuming 24-7 channels and those who are not, they want news that is not selling one particular angle or another. More people in America want something that's purely fact-based and giving them enough information so they can make their own decisions. Okay. So there's no analysis. It's just you're covering the news. Yes, there is analysis, but we don't have two people on who are arguing back and forth over one angle or another. The anchors and our reporters are not pushing one agenda or another. We're simply covering the story. Okay. Excellent. And and you launched in October. What have, what have been some of the things you've been focusing on? I mean, there was an election in November. You know, How did you guys cover that election? We tried to stay away from what we call the horse race, where who won what. Yes, of course, we tell that story. But what we want to do is get beyond that and talk about the issues that face those communities and how these particular candidates would impact those issues. We want to talk about how this person's election would impact the folks who live there and whether or not there are any historical aspects to, to that election. We are focusing on issues and impact of those issues. So how big of a staff are we talking about? You said 14 newsrooms, 24-hour-a-day <laughs> news cycle. There's a lot of stuff of content that you got to produce. Who's doing all that? <laughs> In the past year, we've increased our our staff pretty much. At this point, we are just on the news side, we have more than 200 people, and we do have 14 bureaus, and those are either one-person or two-person bureaus in different cities across the country. And we have a production staff here in Atlanta, where is the headquarters. We have staff in Chicago and New York and in D.C. So it's a broadcast set up. You're, you're, you're broadcasting news, but people are also going to be able to find uh, content on your website, see the video, stream the video. And you've got a web team that's producing text-based stories that are going to be on the website as well? So I, our linear stream is available on our app. Everything that you see over the air is available on the app. Everything that you see over the air is available on the website. The newscast, the actual live feed runs on newsy.com all the time. In addition to that, we will have um, m many of our stories in a VOD form so you can you can access that. So all of those things are happening right now. Okay. So, uh, you know, and I, I understand you're the, you're the editorial guide, but I, but I do want to ask, I mean, the, the, um, you know, how is this supported? Is this advertising supported? Or is, yes. is, or is, it's, it's, else? It's, it's advertising supported, uh, just like any other, um, service on one of the fast channels on newsy.com. We are there, you know, you can see us on Pluto TV. You can see us on Samsung plus you can see us on Tubi. And those are all ad-supported. And we also have over the air, we're ad-supported as well on those digital sub-channels. That's excellent. And so tell me, I mean, did you like 
remake the newsroom or did you sort of build on the assets that Newsy already had? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Newsy had, has and has had tremendous assets, especially in our some of our specialty programming. Our primetime programming has been on the air for several years and we're adding to that. But we've added a newsroom in, in, in Atlanta. We've expanded our presence in places like in D.C., and we've always had a presence in Chicago and in New York. So we, we've added to what was already here. The biggest addition, if you will, is, has been building out studios in Atlanta. Okay. This sounds like a really exciting opportunity. And it'll be interesting to see how this sort of plays out. I know, obviously, this is, this is kind of early days, but what has been the, the initial audience response? The response that we've gotten so far has been very positive. They like the fact that we are doing news all day long. They like the variety of stories that we're covering. So that's been the positive part of it. We just right now want to get even more feedback on what we're doing and who's watching. And that's where we're, that's one of the next phases of what we're going to, what we're going to do here at the network. So I'm trying to get a handle on, of you know, I looked at the site a little bit, but I do want to discuss, you know, when, when somebody goes to the website or, or watches your, your channel, what, what is the experience that they're going to have? Are they going to have like a, a newscast or is it going to be one story to another story? Do you have regular segments at different points in the hour? Well, Michael, let's give you a program rundown. We are, we are on the air at 6 a.m. in the morning with what some would call a traditional newscast. We're on from 6 a.m. until 11 a.m. with that newscast. Traditional in the sense that it has three anchors, you know, reporters who are doing stories from across the country. But it's different in the fact that we are digging deeper on those individual stories during a time of day when that doesn't normally happen. We also have live programming from noon until three. And during that time, we're covering everything that's going on during the day. So if the president is talking, we're there. If there's something happening with the COVID crisis, we're there. We have programming that we are doing from four to seven, which is very similar to that. Then at 7 p.m., we have a primetime, our news of the day program, if you will. And then our primetime starts at eight, where we're doing deep dives on a number of, on a number of subjects. And this is where one of the places where we we make a difference from everyone else because we're still telling stories in prime time and not just talking to people in in prime time so we have that show and then at nine o'clock we have a show called in the loop uh, that again takes a different look at the news of the day and at 10 o'clock starting in january we're introducing a brand new show called the why and we're going to look at the why of stories that are going on throughout the day so uh, we are we are live. We're doing programming and we're doing stories that are relevant to the people in the United States of America. We are telling those stories, you know, from those 14 bureaus, from our uh, facilities across the country. And we're not just telling the traditional stories. We're looking at real issues. You know, we've, we've done a five-part series on rural health care. Uh, we're doing... We're doing stories about, you know, the farming crisis. We're we're doing all of these kinds of stories. We're not just, you know, giving you the headlines of the day 24-7. We are digging down, doing hopefully real journalism that is engaging 
for people and something they don't see anywhere else on a daily basis. It's not something where four people will talk about a tweet that went out. No. Is what you're saying. That's correct. Okay. You might report the tweet, but that's not going to be something necessarily you're going to be uh, obsessing about. Let's talk a little bit about this prime time. I, I mean, you, you mentioned that you're going to, this is the point where you're going to be able to talk about different types of stories. Are we talking sort of more long form journalism? Absolutely. Or, you know, okay. So like a ha half hour, maybe an hour focus on some stories. These shows are an hour long and each day that we'll, we allow the news of the day or the news of the time to determine what the shows look like. These are not formulaic shows. These are programs that are going to use every piece of our technology. We're going to use all our journalistic skills to try to tell stories deeply and try to get beyond just the surface, you know, being able to ask an extra question and not be you know, so locked into something being a specific time. That's during the week. We also have at the weekend, we are doing uh, long form documentaries on the weekend. Uh, so we're, we're not just doing, again, a, uh, a 30 minute wheel and that we're going over and over again. This is a full fledged 24 seven news network. I'm really excited to see how this, this works and it, and it plays out. So you know, obviously, we, we just went through an election cycle. You know, several states had elections. I think we're going to have the midterms this coming November. So first, just looking back briefly, and I know you said you, you covered the election the way you described that you're going to do it. But, I mean, did the reporters find that there was this expectation from the, you know, the candidates that there needed to be some sort of I'm going to talk to you and try to spin this a particular way. And, you know, how, how are you guys sort of handling that relationship? We're handling the relationship very straightforward. We're asking questions about issues, period. In, you know, the last few years, you know, one of the things that people have been concerned about in political coverage is this idea of balance and this idea of, of false balance that, and this doesn't even necessarily have to be, politics. It could be about anything. Well, climate change. There's no real climate change. Nobody's ever really proved that, blah, 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 blah. While on the other hand, you have many people who are able to provide scientific evidence. So, you know, how are you, from an editor's standpoint, you know, covering a story that some people try to politicize? Do you include this other view that may not have any substantiation? Or is this something that sort of comes out in your reporting that this we're reporting these things because these things are, are based on facts and, and the things that we've, we've sought out, and we're not including this other side because there's nothing that supports it? As far as climate change goes, Michael, we concentrate on proven climate change science. We are basing our reporting on what's already been proven. We are not trying to politicize it in any way, shape or form. We report on the science and we report on how climate change based on the science is affecting different parts of the way we live every day. Our concern is not about the arguments over what's real and what's not. Our concern is about what's happening in the climate, how it's affecting everyday Americans, and how we're going to make them aware of it. And we want to keep our reporting solely based on the science. 
unprovable fact that you've been able to establish through your reporting. So in that, that vein, another scientific thing that, that has become politicized has been the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, how have you been covering that to date? We have tried to cover every angle that we could from the stories we're doing today on the increased hospitalization. We're making sure that we are giving substantiated numbers regarding cases and deaths, and we are basing it on information that we can prove and verify. Again, with COVID in the, the time that I've been here, Everything that we've been doing has been based on what is the science, what is medical. And we have different folks on our air talking about the medical in terms of what is a vaccine? How does it work? Where are we getting information about breakthrough cases? What does that mean? What are the percentage of of these cases that are with vaccinated and unvaccinated, we're not being anecdotal. We're working with real numbers and we are using verified sources to get those numbers. So you're doing you're doing good journalism is basically what you're saying. That's and I'm asking goal. Yeah, and I'm asking these questions because obviously the news has set itself out there to follow this standard. And you know, these are areas certainly in the last year that have been troubling to people who are trying to get information they can believe that isn't spun a particular way around the pandemic. And so that's a huge story that that so many people have been focused on. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you because I really wanted to dive right into, you know, the questions I had about Newsy. But, you know, tell me about a little bit about yourself. How you, would you become a journalist? Somewhere along the line, I'm, as a teenager, I got this bug of wanting to be a reporter, wanting to tell stories, wanting to know everything that was going on in the world. And I started in high school. I, my college was based around television journalism. I was one of those early people where you go to a school where they had a TV production class and they had a journalism division and those two didn't talk to each other back in those days. But I was, you know, I was taking journalism classes and production classes. So I never wanted to do anything else. Once I got into television, you know, I, re I realized that, you know, I may not be the best looking person to be on television, to be a reporter. And I discovered producing. When I discovered television producing, I found my home. And I'm at heart and in my soul, I am a television journalist who loves to produce good TV. So, and obviously you've been in the, the career long enough to see it's changed so much with the move to digital. What about that 20-year-old college student who's studying, you know, broadcast and journalism at this point? What would you say to them? I would say that they should celebrate because they're now in a world, if they want to tell a story, they can go out and tell that story and publish it themselves. They don't have to wait on, you know, a television station to say, yes, if it's a story that's worth telling, tell the story and publish it yourself. I think this is a dynamic time for our, for our industry. And I talk to a lot of folks who are college students, and I am absolutely encouraged by their passion and their drive. And I tell every one of them to go for it. Tell that story that you have burning in your heart, because that's how our industry is going to survive. 
that we stay story focused and not technology focused. If you say story focused, you create the content. Don't worry about how it's going to be distributed. Tell the great story. And that's how our, how our industry will continue to thrive. Amen to that, sir. Amen to that. So what can people expect from Newsy come 2022? Like I said before, we have a we have midterm elections coming up. What's on the newsroom site? Uh, hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah, because when, when you think about 2022 and the midterm elections, and there will be a lot of time, television time de- devoted to those midterm elections, Newsy is not going to ignore those midterm elections, but we also will not ignore all the other things that will be going on at the same time. We will have dynamic election coverage. We will try to do that coverage in a way that's reflective of what people who are voting want to see. We want to ask the questions that those voters want us to ask. And we're going to try our best to keep it focused on what the American voters want to know. Trying to stay out of you know, that traditional model that we've seen over and over and over again. It's going to be a challenge. And this is going to be a big challenge for us. And this is something that we have to keep in terms of us, in terms of Newsy, as part of our DNA, is that we want to, we need to, the American public needs us to do this differently. And in that American public, I would also include a lot of journalists. A lot of journalists don't enjoy covering the uh, the horse race, but that in many ways is that's what's become expected. And, and so to see a newsroom, you know, of this scope with that as part of their DNA, I find that very heartening. And, and the things you've said about where you see our industry going is heartening as well. That's all the questions they had to ask you, sir. Do you got anything else you want to say? No, Michael, I do appreciate this. You know, I, I feel very honored to to be here because what you're doing is really important as well because we have to ask these hard questions. And, and I, I want you to keep, you know, challenging all of us to do this the right way. I want you to challenge us to, you know, when we don't live up to what we say we are, I want you to call me back and have me back and challenge me on why we haven't done it. Because otherwise, all the stuff that I preach about transparency and, you know, and openness is for naught. So just as I want to hold everybody else accountable, I I need journalists like you to hold every one of us who sits in a position like mine hold us accountable for what we're doing and for what we're not doing. So thank you for this. And I appreciate it. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism, 
Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Lamia Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.